off the clock and on to the real shit now. Yo, and welcome to Hijinks, the place where we make the necessary unnecessary. I'm Joe, one of three people involved in today's particular show, joined today by Curtis and Ezra. Fellas, in last week's NFL action, the Eagles throttled the Giants, putting to bed any doubts on Jalen Hurts' health and parachuting the haters out of a cannon who thought the 9-7-1 Giants were somehow better than the 14-3 Eagles, or that Brian Dable should get coach of the year over Nick Sirianni. The Chiefs outlast the Jaguars in a game marred by Patrick Mahomes' injured ankle, with that injury now looming large with only six days till the Chiefs host their next opponent, which will be the Bengals after they dismantle the Bills in a game that did not live up to the ahem billing, throwing praise upon Burrow and Cincinnati while casting doubt on the prospects of Josh Allen and the Bills climbing the Super Bowl mountain. And last but not least, the 49ers scuttle the Cowboys' hopes of winning their first divisional round playoff game since 96 as dice roll Dak Prescott came up snake eyes one too many times to beat the red-hot and red-uniformed San Francisco 49ers, who won their 12th straight game and will now travel to Philly in search of lucky number 13, trying to get back to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2019. Curtis, what is your biggest takeaway from a team that won this weekend? I think I'm on week number five or six of saying San Francisco is the best team in football. And I watched them very surgically without Brock Purdy playing um, a good game by any stretch of the imagination, without Debo Samuel going crazy, without Christian McCaffrey going crazy. Uh, pretty handily beat the Dallas Cowboys. The score was close, but when you watch the game and you watch what San Francisco was able to do, they controlled the game. They controlled the narrative, they controlled the pace, and they won the game. And they won the game exactly on their terms, and it wasn't as close as that final score said it was. So um, I'm sticking with San Francisco as my Super Bowl favorite. Um, I think it's their year with their third string rookie, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback, <laughs> be damned. You know, I, I, I gotta agree with you on that one, man. That was a, <clears throat> now granted, you know, the narrative on that game too, we'll talk about a little bit later with on the, on the reverse side of it, but from the Niners perspective, they really came in and just made everybody uncomfortable. There wasn't a single time that the Cowboys looked comfortable in their offense, that they, that they were moving the ball, and they won with McCaffrey running for 35 yards. And clearly hampered McCaffrey, clearly hampered yeah. with some kind of calf issue. Yep. Yeah, he's over there getting – he's got a TENS unit on his calf on the sideline. He had a calf and, and a uh, hamstring issue, yeah. it looked like, because he's noted with a bruised hamstring on the injury report this morning. Yeah, so – so they won without up. they won without any of those fabulous toys, <laughs> you know. They have at their disposal in the offense, like Debo McCaffrey. Well, one of their fabulous toys was pretty damn good. Kittle went yeah. off. That's true. Yeah. Kittle is, and beast. that's all it took. That party yeah. to Kittle. Yeah, but I agree. one it, one guy. It, it never yeah. felt like the Cowboys were going to win. You, you know, I mean, just kind of had that feel where the Niners were in control. I know it was you know it was always possible because the they their offense didn't put up very many points. Cowboys defense played good as usual. But it just to me watching the game, it, they were just in control. The Niners were in control, doing what I they don't know. There do, was doing just there enough. Was, there was that part right before halftime. Cowboys are driving, and you kind of felt like 
they might get a little, you know, they might get some momentum here, right? And then you have the Dak pick. Dice roll Dak, man. Dice roll Dak strikes again, right? Comes up with a a scramble to get the first down on fourth. Two plays later, throws a terrible interception. It's just, I I don't know what you do uh, if you're, you know, he's obviously a above average quarterback, but I'm not sure how much further than that he is. I don't know how much you attribute that also to the 49ers defense. Cause if you watch how they set that play up unreal D yeah. I mean, they really like, they baited that throw and dropped and dropped the linebacker into where, you know, it just, it crippled them. I think from that point forward, you kind of felt like, you know, it was the Cowboys trying to hold on and the Niners were just going to control it from there. And as long as Purdy didn't do something stupid, didn't turn the ball over, you know, dink and dunk, hand it off, run the clock down, they were going to win. And and it's all Purdy did. I mean, Purdy was, here's his line, uh, 19 of 29 for 65.5%, 214 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and a QBR of 94.7. This is no bus driver as bus driver gets. Yep, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. But when they got the ball in the fourth quarter, (laughs) right? So they they went on that the scoring drive that they capped off with the McCaffrey run. They, I'm I'm looking and I'm I'm just thinking to myself like how many plays is this? And they put the graphic up on the screen and they had the ball for four and a half minutes for seven plays and they went on to have it for another four and a half minutes and another six plays on that score and they ate up the entire clock and they handed the ball over to Dak and they said good luck buddy and Dak had three minutes and forty seconds with all three timeouts and the first thing he does is throw it directly to a streaking linebacker who hits him right in the numbers (laughs) and he drops it Greenlaw and uh, you know the guy. It would have been a pick six, no doubt. Uh, and then the very next play, he overthrows uh, Michael Gallup on a, on a deep yeah. pass that he almost gave up a safety on. He almost ran out of the end zone, by the way. Then he almost got safety. Then he threw the ball, and he over and he overthrews Michael Gallup. Who would have uh, would, would have walked into the end zone? Um, Dak was bad. Dak on that I, final drive is like me when I wake up on Saturday morning. I'm like, oh, what what is the plan again? Like, what what's the yeah. plan? I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. I, I, I feel they, like, I feel like we're flipping. They to take out the trash. Point. That's right. You yeah, know, I, I feel like we're pick, flipping to our next point right now. So let's talk about another team that won this week in Cincinnati. All right. All right. So they were they were the front half of my you know screw New York parlay. We, I think we all had Cincinnati last week, right? It was yeah. almost yeah. like consensus. No, we were all – everybody was on Cincy, you know, and, yeah. and they they looked really legitimate. Um, three backup linemen. They made it look easy. Against the Bills, yeah. which week six – In we the snow the at Bills. the Bills. Week six, week six, we sent for the Bills. You like Super Bowl odds for the Bills, are like minus two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you know, not that bad. But they were they were by far the favorite. Everyone thought it was the Bills' year. So for them to just come in and dismantle them, it was extremely yeah. And with and to do it with a complete backup offensive line, their centers battling. I mean, they have him in a giant, massive knee brace. He he's obviously in pain. They have three other backup linemen in there. They have one starter from the beginning of the season on the line, and they ran for 270 yards. Burrow was sacked less than he's ever been in any game this season. And they dismantled the Bills in Buffalo. I mean, that's my takeaway was that Burrow is so good, he doesn't even need a elite or even above average offensive line. That's how good he is. That That's uh, rare yeah, air 
for a quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back on the offensive line, and even there's been a number of broadcasters that have called out and even former NFL players on the performance of those, those guys that stepped in on that offensive line. They were blowing guys back five, six, seven yards on every run play. I mean, that's what they controlled. They that offensive line controlled the game. And their Joe Burrow had a twenty-one yard run, which was yeah. Who knew? Yeah, it was. It was like one of those Tom Brady (laughs) runs where he gets out about seven, eight yards, like looking back for who's like, when do I need to run out of bounds? When when do I have to go out here? You know, and he, you know, he, he ended. I think that was his longest run of his career. Yeah, I, I did see the, uh, the 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 fun fact that the Bengals have been around uh, for 55 years and Joe Burrow is already responsible for exactly 50% of their playoff wins. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good stat. It's year three <laughs> of Joe Burrow. I mean, well, and that's, that's what I – so my takeaway is it's like Joe Burrow's – back you know we talked about the first couple games of the season it, he looked a little shaky things looked a little they started oh and two this year it was, it was so yeah, strange they like, had this weird year like maybe maybe joe burrow's not who we thought he was no joe shiesty's in in the house right i mean what's his first comment when he gets interviewed and they're like hey what do you think about you know the neutral not having to be a neutral site and he goes they better issue those refunds yeah, the Bills were selling advanced tickets to the Atlanta yeah. game mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Cincinnati gets wind of it. But Cincinnati has a strange season. They start 0-2. They throw us off the scent. We're like, okay, this is weird. And, you yeah. know, the Rams are bad, too. So we're like, oh, this is like some kind of Super Bowl hangover. This happens yeah. a lot to teams, especially the loser of the Super Bowl. You're like, man, Bengals, this sucks. And then they they get back on it. But then they have that clunker of a Monday Night Football game against the Browns. And this was kind of the moment where it's like, oh, wait, I thought Cincinnati was back after this 0-2 start, and, you know, then they're back. And then they just throw their worst game of the right. season by a mile in Monday Night Football against the Browns. Just, just kind of inexplicable. But from that point on, I mean, they're just locomotive train. I mean, 12-4 and four in the regular season. You think 12-2 and two in their last 14 games? Yeah. I mean, that is extremely impressive. Uh, so we shouldn't be surprised by this. And this game was you know, for all the great plays that Jamar Chase made and bro, this game was boring because the, the, the Bengals just kind of, just kind of took it to them. And after the yeah, first they, quarter, well, all yeah, the games, I mean, it was like the, there's a, there was one team that was better than the other team, you know, whereas the Eagles, the Bengals, uh, the chiefs, I would, I would put in that as well. Niners Cowboys was close, but even that Niners yeah. were in control. So it was a weird weekend. I mean, Niners Cowboys was close until halftime. I mean, the, the Bengals kind of came out right out of the gate and just, Kind of did what the Niners did to the Cowboys last year, where they just punched them in the face, said, what are you going to do about it now? Yeah. And the Bills were just a little beat up. So, I mean, we want to talk about what's a takeaway from the team that lost this week. You know, the Bills defensive backfield. I mean, I was joking about, I think they're going to have Gabe Davis in as, as their next back, you know, their backup, backup, backup. They did put him in there as a yeah, defensive back. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I was like, their defensive backfield is real was really beat up, and that showed. You know, you can't you can't go against a team like the Bengals and th- at this level with your fourth string guy out there, right? You know, and hey, the all the Hamlin stuff, you know. Yeah, I, what what do you think of Josh Allen? I mean, what what was going on in that game? 
because he he was I know he's, he's not the most strange. accurate guy, but he's been strange for a while now. Maybe since yeah. the UCL injury in his elbow. Yeah, it's not if the throws. Okay. It's like the mindset shifted after that. It's like he I, I, I mean, this is total speculation, I you know, but it's, it's around that time yeah. that his elbow got hurt, that he his play fell off, but his throws all looked fine. They look fine, but they don't have the same accuracy or velocity that he used to have, right? And remember, coming out of college, his knock was, this is a guy with a huge, like, huge body for a quarterback, huge legs, great speed, an absolute cannon howitzer for an arm. A little bit inaccurate, right? Oh, his and first was, two seasons, his first was, two seasons in particular, yeah. Yeah, he was considered way inaccurate in Yeah, college. so – I mean, that's there's a reason that only Wyoming was the one that offered him a scholarship. Um, yeah, 50, so, 53% completion percentage his first season. Yeah. So he came out, he was, he was in, he's, he's tightened that up. But if you watch, there's a hit in, I want to say it was mid third quarter. So the game was still reasonable at that point. And there was a hit as it was the, they ended up calling an incomplete pass instead of a fumble. And you watched him throw full velocity forward as somebody hits his elbow with their shoulder pad, completely clean hit, perfect way to defend it. And his, you just see his arm go limp. And mm. I know that feeling. I know that feeling when you cannot really control what you're doing with your throws. And I think he's been on kind of that churn for a little while. He's taken a lot of hits. I mean, I think Josh Allen, from a tools perspective, is at least in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, without a doubt. I don't think his play style is going to translate that long. I talked last week, just want to see him be a little more surgical and precise every mm-hmm. now and then when that's what the situation calls for. It's a, yeah. The superhero ball honestly fits his style well, and, and we're probably a little too hard. They won seven straight in the regular season to close out. They did win a playoff game against the divisional opponent Miami. Didn't look great doing it, but you know, they had one a straight game. So don't want to say like Josh Allen can't do it, but you're just kind of wondering. Yeah, but this like, is, this is, is he going to be a top eight quarterback or is he going to be a top two quarterback in the league? Hey, this, um, but this last is, season, if KC doesn't come back with 13 seconds left, we're not even talking about it, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen enough out of Josh Allen to think yeah. this is a blip in his career, man. He, yeah, no, I, I honestly, I think Joe, to your point earlier, I think his elbow is hurt. He just yeah. needs to be a little more precise yeah. and and take what's there every once in a while. Um, just got a little too much. All well, right. he also he also needs a running game around him. I mean, that's he, true. They haven't committed to the run uh, basically ever. No. <laughs> Yeah. You know, in, in the Josh Allen career. Right? Yeah, and I wonder how hard they've been scar- scouting Tony. Well, how hard they were scouting Tony Pollard until that freak tackle. So Yeah, I want to make, I want to talk about the Eagles in a second. But Tony Pollard, that injury sucked. He's a free yeah. agent. That was – He, that he one should was, be okay, right. you know, but, but teams are going to be a little more wary. This could have cost him double-digit millions of dollars. I'm, I'm saying the number is about 25 to 30 million. Yeah, well, Man. hopefully not. We'll see. Uh, you know, running backs, you never know what that contract is going to be. But it was it was a weird situation for the Cowboys uh, where Tony Pollard gets hurt, and then they're forced to go to their starting running back. 
you know, so just a, just a weird situation. I was like, oh crap, we got to play the starter now. This was oh god damn it, it's Zeke. Oh crap! Don't even don't even get me started. Let's just uh, Tony Pollard's been the better running back of this yeah, team. So, oh, hey, hey, give me Four what you think about teams yeah, for sure. Uh, no, no Don't worry. Zeke came in there and gave us a sweet two point two yards of carry. It was awesome. All right. Boston Scott has how many career touchdowns? What do you think, Boston Scott, Eagles running back? Thirteen. Eighteen career touchdowns. Okay, yeah, way more than right. I thought he would. Regular have. and postseason combined, eighteen career touchdowns. How many of those are against the Giants? Six. <laughs> Half. Yes. Nine, six. 11, 11, Whoa! 18 <laughs> touchdowns in his career are against the Giants. 11, oh, 18. man, <laughs> so many. It's just, they're just, they know at this point it's a thing, you, you know, like the Eagles are in on it and they're like, yes, let's do this. And essentially that's my takeaway for the Eagles. They are who we thought they were. Right? It's like they were 14 and one Jalen hurts gets hurt. They lose two games. Then they don't look so good week 18. But, you know, they're, they're probably not really using all the best plays. It seems like they stopped calling the good plays like six or seven weeks left in the regular season. Like they wanted to save some stuff. Yeah. They come back. They're rested. They got 13 days off. Uh, the Giants only had six. So they they came back and, and they just did. They are who we thought they were in the sense that they have a dominant offensive line. They have a dominant running team. Cincinnati, I think, ran for 160 yards. The Eagles ran for 266 yards. I mean, just completely dominant on the ground this week. And that's the big question mark. Can they do that against San Francisco? Uh, you know, you're talking about elite defense. Yeah, yeah, Philly's yeah. rushing offense is also like tops in the league so i just think we kind of forgot that not only do they have some of the passing weapons uh aj brown Devontae smith dallas goddard but they also have you know kind of that running game a little miles Sanders, just a little bit more than buffalo does and you know maybe just a little more well-rounded team than than some of these other uh you know opponents that have gone against san francisco so yeah and no i mean that i mean obviously we'll talk game of the week later but you know that that eagles yeah, that that whole playing possum that they did for the past few weeks, and you know, had they not had the lead that they did, I kind of wonder if they they would have rushed Hertz back into the game because he looked really good. He, he looked, looked really good. good. There was there was one time you could tell he didn't want to take a hit on his right shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> he did, yeah. He did like yeah, a pretty did. funky spin move into <laughs> the. He like yeah. he did a spin move like to so he got hit in his back. He's yeah, almost like to the guy, he's like, all right, I'll tell you what, you hit me here. Yeah. You know, that's called a business decision. I, no, I, I want my quarterbacks making business decisions because I want them to be in the business of staying in the game uh, for the entire, right. you know, the entire right. season. So, you know, you know, he's had conversations from all of his coaches about that. Like, hey, man, it's OK to step out. It's OK to slide. It's OK to you're take, more you valuable know. to us, uh, you know. Yeah. Here. I was really confident that the Giants were going to pick up that would not, not not that the Eagles couldn't beat them or couldn't blow them out, but it's how hot Daniel Jones was with Jalen coming off the entry. Right. And yeah. we really didn't know this how, and, and man, they put all haters, like you said, Joe, to rest. <laughs> <laughs> Just big time, big time. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we should have checked the date on that one though. So do you remember the last time the, the Philly played a game on January the 21st? Oh, I, I do know this. Five years ago against the Minnesota Vikings, a little kismet. Also, yeah, the score that, that was, playoff game was, was, what, what was it? How, much, how many points did they score in that one? 38 to 7, both times, <laughs> yeah. five years apart since their last Super Bowl run. Yep. This is it. 
Is yeah. it? I started, if, like, this if you is, believe this is in cosmic happen. stuff like that, no, like, no, yeah, cosmic five stuff. years Here, to the day. Here's what's going to happen. To the day, they scored the exact same number of points. The Cowboys won their last Super Bowl in 1995, uh, 96. And then now we are going to have to uh, watch the Giants, who've already won two. Philly's going to win two. And then somehow freaking Jeff Bezos is going to buy the Washington Commanders. (laughs) They're going to win because he's just going to spend – he has all the money, right? And then they're going to win like two or three. And we're just going to sit here and watch uh, all of our division rivals just just lap us and lap us. Jalen Hurts was not alive. He was not born the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Yeah, 95. That's how long he's been. Right. That's, you know, it's not a pretty, you know, four game, four wins total since then for the Cowboys. Yeah. That's the all in the wild card round, all in the wild card, wild card. Yeah. No division. Uh, Tony Ronomo, 0 and 3 in the divisional round. Yeah. Dak Prescott, 0 and 3 in the d- divisional round. And you watch it, it's not all their fault, but man, those numbers add up, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's just kind of unfortunate. At some point, you got to shake that monkey, right? Yeah. My takeaway from a losing perspective is for the Giants and, the takeaway is that Daniel Jones is not elite, but he's probably going to get paid pretty close to that anyway. 30 million a year, something like this. And North. higher, I'm getting thumbs up here from the phone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> getting thumbs up here on the screen. Yeah. It was like, North, yeah, like he's going to get 35 million a year, 40 million a year. I mean, is this, yeah. this is, I would be, I mean, I guess you have to do it, but he's not elite. And I just, you get in trouble when you start paying not elite quarterbacks, elite money. If you are a quarterback in the NFL and you are considered top 20, you are getting 40 million a year, period. Yeah. Cause someone there's 10 teams that are like, yeah, we'll yeah. sign you. Yeah. Cause you're way better than yeah, somebody's but I mean, is, that. Somebody's going to he... throw that money out there. Let's put it on like the Kirk Cousins as like the 250 batting average, right? So, you know, you keep a starting job if you hit 250, you know, got, got a little power, got some RBIs. You keep a starting job at the major leagues uh, baseball. In the NFL, it's kind of same way. Kirk Cousins always have a starting job. He's, he's definitely an above average starter. Do you think Daniel Jones is above or below the Kirk Cousins line? Uh, ooh. I think ceiling, I think ceiling is above the Kirk Cousins line realistically okay. you've got two years you're you're like you own this team you're a gm for a team for two years you want kirk cousins or Daniel jones i'm gonna take kirk cousins <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i'm gonna take kirk cousins i I'm think kirk cousins is more likely really to be well. better jones has a little more upside curtis uh, i mean but I, i'm going probably kirk cousins uh just for next year but maybe in two years it's Daniel jones that's the that's yeah. the hope but curtis who you got here in this one Daniel Jones. I, I can't say Kirk Cousins' name <laughs> yeah, yeah, in can't. any positive I, yeah, way, shape, or form. I just can't do it. He's a cursed player. Like I'd be terrified of giving Daniel Jones forty million a year. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're gonna. He's gonna get it. How do you know? Yeah. He's gonna he get is. it. Yeah, he's gonna get a seven for two eighty. And honestly, if if New York was smart, they wouldn't give it to him. They'd let Oakland give it to him. Or I keep saying Oakland. I can't. Vegas. I can't call him Las Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, he, he may he may be the Raiders quarterback. We'll see. One last thing I want to mention here 
before we move on to the sponsor read of the week, <laughs> uh, just look at the way these quarterbacks have been drafted by their teams and the different approaches. So Burrow, number one overall pick. Cincinnati had to be that bad to get a player like Burrow. But Mahomes yeah. went 10th overall. They traded up from 27 with the Buffalo Bills, who traded out of that pick uh, and <laughs> inadvertently gave KC Mahomes. Hurts, 53rd overall in the second round. Very controversial pick at the time. And then Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, 262. I mean, it's kind of fascinating here how, you know, I, I get it. Like teams are like, I want my team to be bad. So we get the quarterback, but you know, burn number one, Mahomes 10, but hurts 53, Purdy 262. You, you can do it a variety of ways here. I think it's pretty fascinating. These different dynamics, um, you know, even just having hurts versus Purdy, a second round pick versus a seventh round pick. You don't even, you just don't see that that often. Uh, well, I mean, you can look at the greatest, always first you, round picks. you can look at the greatest of all time, which I say begrudgingly, but Tom Brady, six-round pick, didn't start a single game in college, right? Sat behind Drew Henson and mm-hmm. was drafted in the sixth round. So sometimes it's, you know, there's talent and then there's talent, and sometimes talent takes time to develop. And so with the Mahomes pick, remember, they had Alex Smith at the time. So, and Alex Smith was a 1-1 pick. Yeah. And he came, the- when he came out, he was a 1-1. For a different team, right? For uh, right, right. Niners, he was one one yeah. for San Francisco. They traded him to KC for a, for the first round pick in the second round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. They're like, right, we'll take a one round haircut. Yeah, yeah. It. Has to be the exact. But, same. but they they still they had Alex Smith. He was a, he was a very workable starter, and they sat Mahomes for. A oh, they went to the uh, conference championship game with Alex Smith. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of like the Jordan love Aaron Rodgers strategy with that one with like the Walmart version. So, you know, cause I wouldn't say Alex Smith is Aaron Rodgers territory, but you know, it's, it'd be like taking, you know, when they drafted Jordan love, you're like, okay, what are we doing here? We're going to sit the sky for a year. Rogers is going to retire and we're going to go out. Okay, cool. Um, Hertz, I think, was kind of that same boat where he had a chance to sit and kind of absorb the game for a minute. Um, and if you look at the number of one-one or first-round washouts, that that list is really high. You know, the number of the number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round that have oh, won a sure. Super Bowl is very, Just, very small. Look at Zach Wilson. I mean, he's yeah. about to watch out. Yeah. I mean. Ugh. Zach Wilson is in is in Jamarcus Russell territory. You look back it's at Jamarcus Russell, you're like, did he get a fair shake? I mean, he doesn't look that. <laughs> you know, his numbers don't look like so uh, abysmal. But let's, I mean, look at something like the Cowboys, right? They they fall ass backwards into Tony Romo, then they fall ass backwards into Dak Prescott, yeah. and those are you know NFL starting quality quarterbacks. I, I think Tony Romo's you know ceiling was a little higher, and he had worse teams around him than Dak you know, in my opinion, but people would argue, you know, but they, it's not working for them. Right. So with, you know, spending a, a, a Dak Prescott, it was a fourth round pick. It was the Cowboys second pick in the, in the fourth round. So they had two fours. Uh, and then Tony Romo was a free agent. It didn't work. I would rather have the top five pick, you know, I, I'm rolling my dice with the, 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 the top guy, like, throwing your your darts out there trying to get a joe burrow but the team has to suck and there are so many nfl franchises who aren't willing to suck that much they 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 
they want to keep the season tickets going, the TV ratings going, and they want to be relevant. Oh, that so season of football is long. Yeah, but they, it's a quest to win eight games sometimes for these teams. Right, but at the same time, too, though, you take a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid, you put him in here with these freight trains going 24 miles an hour, just getting smashed every day, and they lose that confidence. And that's where Burrow's been a little bit different in that he kind of walked into a little bit of a better situation, even though they were a one, one, it was kind of a badly coached one, one, um, you know, but he, he came in as, you know, like they were, they kind of had some tools around, right. Then he gets his buddy from college as a wide receiver and they're, they're able to tag up, you know, he gets hurt, has a chance to honestly, has a chance to sit for a lot of a year and absorb and not own the failure, right? As they are able to pick up a better pick, get some better stuff coming in. Um, you know, there's there's two ways. I mean, so if you look at it, you like the number of first round NFL quarterbacks that have truly transcended is about the same as all the other rounds combined. Yeah, I Right. So would you rather have Lawrence or Burrow? No, I'd Burrow. I'd I mean, it's a Burrow. much higher hit percentage on Lawrence yeah. and Burrow versus yeah. even Mahomes at right. 10. But, but, you know, if you look Josh at Josh Allen, uh, yeah. it, comes, it comes down to the year, right? What quarterbacks are coming out, right? I mean, there was, you know, Lawrence was the absolute odds on, you know, like everybody knew he's going to be 1 1. Right. Yeah. There was no, and those guys are rare. Those yeah. those no brainer one ones. They're, they're, they don't, they don't, they don't come out every year. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen seventh overall. Uh, Justin Herbert, of course, sixth to a fifth. So you, you can get him a little bit lower. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a one one. But you know, there's a lot of first round QBs out there. But the ones that actually end up winning a lot tend to be the guys drafted in the later rounds. All right. There's some value to that experience and that time and a little bit of the grind. You know, and also not having so much attention on you right out of the gate. I, I think NFL teams are crazy if they don't draft a quarterback every, every other year. year. Yeah. Every year. Like, just get a guy. I mean, yeah. you need arms. Like, mm-hmm. you need yeah. people in camp that, you know, and then it's the unknown, right? Yeah. You put them well, in the that, one game. That's what, that's what San Francisco did. The they reason- were like drafting them. Yeah, we're the last one on the clock. Like, hey, what about this kid from Iowa State that has started for four, four years? Four-year starter, yeah. 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 We'll just check him out there and see what happens. We got Jimmy G. We got Lance as our franchise QB. We'll just keep this kid on the sideline. It's a quarterback out. league, and the idea of just <laughs> oh, let's get our fifth safety or or a quarterback in a project that we well, need him to be a better team. Because yeah. if you ever been to uh, like a training camp, you the everyone's throwing balls. They got the yeah. ball boys throwing balls. They got the coaches throwing balls. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if you had like four or five quarterbacks, you know, show up to camp and yeah, and they're working on the wide receivers and maybe getting something going, you know? Well, that, I mean, an arm. The, the parallel with that is a is a major league or you know a, a major league spring camp. You go out there. There's 75 pitchers. Yeah, you got pitchers that they don't even give a jersey number to. They're like, yeah, it has a name on the front, but we'll get you a number if you if you get <laughs> this down is to Kevin. <laughs> It's actually Thomas. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Kevin whatever, Thomas. Kevin. Whatever, Kevin. <laughs> Get over here. Quick break to hear a word from today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Rowan's Romance Services. 
Find love the right way, the Rowan way. Find love with the right thing to say at all times. Don't delay. Always know the right thing to say the Rowan way. Finding love can be difficult. It's hard to meet that special someone. Tired of striking up conversations with strikingly beautiful people only to have them fizzle out faster than a root beer float on a hot summer day? That's where Rowan's Romance Services comes in. What makes Rowan so great at making love come true? Rowan's secret is that Rowan listens in on every single conversation you ever have. Using proprietary eavesdrop technology, Rowan listens in to your intimate conversations. And at just the right moment, he sends you a text with the perfect thing to say. At least one text a month from Rowan himself, guaranteed. Personalized and custom to you. That's what makes Rowan's Romance Services so effective. The personal details that can only come from someone listening in on your every conversation. Rowan's Romance Services, for advice on what to say and when to say it to make that special someone swoon at your silky vocabulary lexicon. Disclaimer, no refunds. Results may vary. Rowan's Romance Services. We can even find something right for George Santos to say. These bets are so Bring on the bets. Okay, we got Curtis with George Santos. Nice. <laughs> Curtis loves a good George Santos. Right. How do you not? <laughs> All right, we got two games this week. All right, we got uh, 49ers at Eagles, the, the 3 p.m. Eastern game, the opener, if you will, more likely to be a defensive clash, perhaps, uh, at least that at surface. Eagles minus two and a half right now, over under 45 and a half. And we have a Purdy versus Hertz rematch that Ezra is going to tell us about it. This is not the first time these two stalwart. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. These two quarterbacks have met before um, back in college. Iowa State versus Oklahoma. All right. Who won that game? And whoever won that game, I'm, I'm picking that team. Uh, this is the type of analytics that we need to get. Yeah. Out. Oklahoma won 42-41. The two Ooh. quarterbacks combined for 11 touchdowns. Okay. So we're going <laughs> Eagles in the over. I like it. All right. Yeah. yeah. We're going Eagles at the over on this one. Um, yeah, if they're two college teams based off, and that's what happens, surely. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be honest, Purdy, you kind of saw his, you know, things are getting tougher now, right, as as things have come through. The Dallas defense did a fantastic job. I mean, Dallas, D, they did everything they had to do in that game. They, they gave up, you know, oh, yeah. the offense gave up two critical turnovers, they held San Francisco to six points off those turnovers. So they really only gave up, you know, 13 total real points. Um, they harassed Purdy a lot. I think the Eagles kind of have a really similar structure that can harass him a little bit, make him have to make really fast decisions, check down a lot. You know, if CMC's not 100% healthy, you know, I think the Niners might be in for it unless, you know, this, I got a feeling this game is going to come down to there. There's going to be a fluke special teams play or some outright crazy defensive play by one or one team. Um, there, there were almost several crazy defensive plays uh, in the Cowboys Niners yeah. game. Um, they had, uh, nonsense in the, um, the special teams the, the you know, the Cowboys got a uh, muff punt turnover, uh, you know, uh, but uh, San Francisco's defense is just that damn good. Yeah. And 
if the Eagles are able to put up um, significant points on him to get that over in, it would, I would be impressed because that, that scheme is ferocious. Uh, You know, the 49ers scored one touchdown. Dallas's D gave up one stinking touchdown and they controlled the entire game. Like it's, 49ers have a script and they stick with it and they're doing it and they don't care who they're playing. They really don't have any weaknesses on D. I mean, number two, rush defense, DVOA, number five, pass defense. You could argue their cornerbacks are not elite. And, you know, against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, that could be a problem. You know, the Eagles' weapons are underrated. I'm on the Eagles. I know Curtis is on the the Niners. I'm on the Eagles. Just I, I think they can continue to dominate i'm not gonna say it's be 38 7 but i think they can kind of yeah. dominate the line of scrimmage their defensive line can really maybe the only team in the league that can match san francisco with their defensive line if san francisco's gonna win this game they gotta run the ball because eagles pass defense is elite and they've got they've got the cornerbacks that the niners don't have i don't know i i, I think and the niners just a little better a little deeper the niners little may not have good cornerbacks but they have a linebacker who plays cornerback oh, and Fred it's the Warner craziest so damn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's like a missile. I mean, <laughs> that guy is so special. Yeah. Like he is the most underrated defensive player yeah. in the league. Fred Warner is just, he covers the slot receivers on every play. He yeah. was all over CD lamb. Just the, the ah, guys take it off. I got, I got the number one receiver here, you know, and, and CD lamb caught a lot of balls, but he didn't get the end zone and he didn't break anything off. Because well, Fred Warner was running 40 yards down the field with him. Yeah, well, also Dak underthrew it by about five yards every time. <laughs> Dak. But if I'm if I'm the swing vote on this one, I'm kind of going Eagles and under. I kind of have I have a, the 45 is a little little rich. Um, I got a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a tighter game. I don't well, know if the Niners score a ton. Um, I think the Eagles defense is a little underrated. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go with with Eagle Eagles and under on this one is my so we're all we're all over the board here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah I we, got, we mean... got we got Niners under, Eagles over, Eagles under. So if we bet all of them, we but we'll, we'll win, win, right? Yeah, so yeah. the, the podcast lose. will win. Can't lose. <laughs> Can't lose. You're talking about two teams that have elite defenses. But yeah. it's a curious over-under because they also have lead offenses. Uh, you know, these are also extremely yeah, good yeah. offenses. They've, they've scored, they've they're scored both a lot top of 10 defenses and offenses. I mean, no surprise. That's why they're here. One of their secrets, these rosters are loaded because they have quarterbacks on reasonable contracts. Jalen Hurts is on a rookie year deal. And yeah, the Niners have Garoppolo, but he's not making a ton of money this year. And Trey Lance on a rookie deal. Perry's on a rookie deal. That advantage of having a, a competent, or in this case, you know, perhaps even more than competent with Hertz, really MVP runner up this year, probably elite play from a second round pick, but the benefit of having those, your entire roster is loaded. So yep. that's, that's the secret to these teams. They're extremely good on offense and they're extremely good on defense. So right. and, and I, I could see this becoming a, you know, 31, 27, you know, type of thing. If the offense keep it going, I don't think San Francisco is going to score that many points. I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to score that many points either. It's going to be tough for them. Um, Niners do a really good job of getting pressure up the middle and off the end. They're going to be able to contain Jalen Hurts a little bit better than a lot of teams have. I This one feels a little bit more like a 21-17-ish, 
Yeah, they're yeah. basically telling you they're expecting 24-21. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm feeling this game's gonna land around. I mean, or it could turn into a field goal match, in which case we'd have Mr. Perfect for the 49ers going for his 19th consecutive game, or no, 20th consecutive game. So without missing without missing a single postseason field goal. Robbie Gold got cut from the Bears like a decade ago because he was washed up and the Bears couldn't. Yeah, the Bears gave him up. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't have this. He goes to the Niners. He's been awesome ever since. All right, Curtis, Curtis on the 49ers. I'm on the Eagles. Ezra's on the Eagles. And I, I need to think about the overrunner. It's only Monday right now. I need, I need to think about the overrunner a little bit. I'd be watching that. I'd be watching that line. If it starts dropping, maybe you talk over. I don't think, I, unless the weather. To stay away for you right now, basically. Yeah, I'm kind of like, eh, let me just take the Eagles. You know, that's I, do how like, I, feel. I, yeah. I really like the rematch aspect of this. That's that's you know, I know the, a little, the TV a little broadcast is gonna be all over that. Purdy versus Hertz. Man, I want to oh, see yeah. some highlights from those games. I want yep, we'll uh, see infusion everything. of college highlights. Okay, Bengals at Chiefs. This line has been all over the place. We were texting, it was kind of, we were kind of like somewhere between Chiefs minus one, the Bengals minus one, yeah, I, you know, or one and a half, you know, seems seems about right. It if you depending where you look, you can get this line anywhere kind of in that range. So we'll just call it pick them for our purposes right now. It comes down to Mahomes' health. I mean, the, really, the biggest takeaway was that Mahomes might not be right, and this could be a disaster. High ankle sprain gets worse the next day, not better. Very unlikely to be much better in six or seven days. You know, it's the inversion, uh, eversion style where it's like you know your ankle goes the other way. Everyone thinks about rolling right. your ankle; it's the other direction. Right. Oh, you know, the, those injuries just take a long time. Uh, you know, Mac Jones missed so, three so games. High, Daniel Jones missed like ankle, Yeah. So what they call a high ankle sprain is technically a torn ligament in your calf muscle. Uh, okay. That is uh, really now what grade difficult. of tear, right? It could be grade one, grade two. Grade mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's what they, you know, they used to always, oh, he got a stinger. Okay. No, that's actually. <laughs> You know, that's actually a nerve injury in your neck. You know, like oh. a high ankle sprain is nothing to joke about. A stinger makes it sound like kind of sweet, <laughs> like kind of cool. Like it's an old Corvette, you know, or yeah. something. You know, it's like, oh, you got a stinger? Badass, man. It's like a metaphor that makes it like less, you know, sound a lot nicer and cooler than it is. Right. But yeah, same thing with high ankle sprain versus <laughs> grade two tear in his anterior, you know, ligament on his left ankle. You're like, well, and he looks I mean, pretty limited. I mean, yeah, I and that Bengals defense looks really tough. And you gotta I'm think not, the Bengals are gonna scheme now for him not to be very mobile, right? So that gives them an advantage. Yeah, and, and like the Chiefs defense hasn't been very good all year. So when you're you're who has the better defense? The Bengals. Who has the better coach? The Chiefs. Who has the better offensive weapons? The Bengals. Who has the better quarterback? Probably the healthy one. Yeah, yeah it's so I just close, I just see Bengals, uh, you know. But you can't underrate Patrick Mahomes, who goes to the freaking AFC Championship game and know, a lot. And I'm really glad it's outdoors. You know, uh, you know, I mean, like seeing Casey Buffalo in a track meet, kind of fun. But yeah, watching that Buffalo game, just having outdoor football. That every every NFL playoff game should play in the snow. It should be the reverse of the Super Bowl Stadium. It's always in the sun. They should be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
LA, you got a game. No, I'm sorry. You're moving into Montana, neutral site <laughs> game in the snow guaranteed like that. That's just, that's just how they should do it. Like they do a I game agree. in Germany. They do a game in London. They should do a snow game every year, uh, somewhere in a location that's guaranteed to snow. Maybe they go to Switzerland or something. It just gets progressively snowier. snowier. The playoffs get progressively snowier. You just keep oh, moving man. further north. <laughs> they're They're in the great northern territory of freaking canada yeah they just keep going higher and higher in our greenland uh you know these these different yeah that's a great idea so i want to see mandatory snow game every year the way they do so this one's it's not supposed to snow it's actually going to be reasonable weather we're talking about 50 degrees at kick windy can we get some wind going we get some not, there's divisions? really not a lot of wind not oh, a lot of we get a fair field there. maybe there's not a lot of wind in kansas no it, kansas city missouri Sorry. the forecast <laughs> so the forecast is looking pretty solidly nice okay um little I mean, bit just, of chance the question is Mahomes ankle i gotta go Bengals here i mean i i don't see any reason to, to get off the Bengals train so i'm going eagles Bengals for my super bowl yeah. right now uh, you know that if Mahomes seems healthy, you know, but he's not. He's, but he's not, not going to be. be. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. That, that's we, the we're problem. not. We're not yeah. crazy here. He's not. He's not healthy. Yeah. All right, five dollars. The backup quarterback for the Chiefs, Chad Henney. Is it Chad Henney? It's got to be right. Jaguars yeah. legend. Jaguars yeah. legend. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're going to put the ball in that guy's hands, who? I, I mean, had that one impressive drive, and I was like, "Man, fucking Andy Reid." This it with with injured Patrick Mahomes or <laughs> healthy Chad Henney. <laughs> it just this this feels like the biggest blowout, man. It, it really does to me. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I don't like the over on this one. I got a feeling that it's thirty four to seven or something. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you're a Jaguars seven, fan. Maybe. If you're a Jaguars fan, you watch Chad Henney drive down the field like 94 yards and score touchdown. Chad Henney's tearing it up <laughs> after like, they just beat you. <laughs> and so he played for the Jaguars from 2012 to 2017. His best season uh, was 2013. 3,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. 13 touchdowns. Yeah. And he had 11 touchdowns, Dave, 11 interceptions. Line right. 11 touchdowns, 11 receptions, but he had 13 touchdowns in 15 games in, in arguably his best season as a star in Jacksonville. And just watching them in a playoff game, like just the after effects of seeing Chad Henney driving down the field. Uh, against so that, that, that begs the NFL going to NFL thing. Is this a trap? I think that no. I mean, maybe, but I, I just think people are being a little optimistic. Oh, it's Mahomes. And yeah. maybe honestly, he probably will look pretty good because it is Mahomes and I'm, you know, in the regular uh-huh. season, I never like betting against Kansas City. Like I'm, I'm always like to I, I give them too much credit. They'll, they'll never freaking cover this year. I think they're like six and twelve or something, uh, <laughs> covering games. But the the Bengals just look awesome right now, and I don't think the Kansas City thing's going to bother them. But no, I don't. Statue can statue Mahomes, who Mahomes is definitely a top two, three arm talent guy in the league. Maybe, but I don't see it. Just with the. Cincinnati defense having a week to prepare for a short passing game, you know, a, uh, you know, a limited Mahomes essentially and all the things that that takes. Well, away from I mean, they, they just spent an entire week preparing for Josh Allen, who has probably one of the biggest arms and the best legs. Yeah. Very league. tools, toolsy guy. Yeah. So, so for them to say, okay, tools. let's, let's prepare for Josh Allen, but he's going to be in the pocket. 
Josh Allen's tool bag. <laughs> we're gonna take one. We're gonna take one tool out of his bag, and this could get this could get fun. No crescent wrench for you, Josh Allen. What do you think now? Build this table. Could you still do it? Try without this crescent wrench. I don't need. It. I don't actually need that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bengals also underrated running game. Joe Mixon looked great last week. Yep. You know, very effortless hundred yard game score. Uh, and, you know, and Sam J. Perrine, Sam J. Perrine is no joke either. Like, yep. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like this one. I like the Bengals in the under. I, do, I don't like that 47. If that what line did, drops. What did you just call some Maj P. Ryan? Perrine. <laughs> what was the first part? Sam J. Sam, Sam J. Perrine. I was like, is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj P. Ryan. All right, uh, I got to do a fact check. So I sent you Marcus Russell. Not that bad, you know, when you look back. Uh, okay. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Here's what I was referencing. He played three years in the NFL. Year one, four games played, two touchdowns, four interceptions. No, yeah. what is a rookie? Whatever. Year two, 15 games played, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's where I was like, wasn't that bad. Yeah. Year three. Falls off the rails entirely. 12 games played, three touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, he, so, and didn't he gain like 60 pounds? Yeah. I think he outweighed his left tackle in that, in that season. But year two wasn't a total disaster. Looking into the future, Ezra, hit us with your crystal ball. Give us something you're looking forward to watching, something you want to see, and or a prediction. Okay, so Valentine's Day is coming up. Rowan, that's why we have Rowan's yeah. Romance Services. Plug, plug for our sponsor. sponsor. Uh, that's why the, Rowan decided NFL, now. The NFL is narrowing down. This is NCAA basketball season right here. Okay, this is when conference play starts hitting hard. You start getting some upsets. The seedings are starting to get set. We're we're getting into that fun time right before conference championship weekend. Um, you know, I'm looking at Loyola Mar Marymount. They just knocked off Gonzaga at home, broke their 76 game home winning streak against conference against conference opponents. Number one, Houston gets knocked off by unranked temple chaos prevails at this time of year. Well, that's like a regional rivalry that. though. You know, it's, yeah, Temple, Temple, and Houston. Totally, totally. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, don't even get me started. The, all the nonsense they talk to each other. So this is when I, this is when I love about the college basketball season because every game really starts to matter right now. Yeah, what are we? I mean, like six weeks, a little more than a month away from you know the conference final, the conference championships, and then yeah, we're, we're about we a talk month, about month, yeah, four four to five weeks away from there. But seeding starts coming into play. You're you're resume starts coming into play so houston took a big hit with that loss you know all of a sudden alabama's kind of everybody's okay. shining star teams are jockeying for like a statement yeah. win you know that type of yeah. stuff all so right. I, I love this part of it because and college basketball is on all the time it could be on at four o'clock in the morning be on at midnight it could be on that's true you got the hawaii <laughs> games going on they're playing on an aircraft carrier for some reason yeah i mean so it, it, it's go home fun. college basketball. You're drunk. Yeah. It's that fun part of the season where you get to just sit here and watch. And I have a feeling we're going to see some weird stuff happen as we narrow down this conference play side of things. 
and uh you know you i like it you're, you're putting it on my radar I, i'm a little bit more of like a february guy you know right. i'm more probably like 10 days away from you know give me another round of nfl playoffs yeah. before well, i start taking the crystal that. ball i've already it's in my yeah i like it yeah you're I'm putting it around. on my radar okay maybe i will start well, kind of leaning in a little well, you could talk about your crystal ball. Yeah. All right, so I'm going NBA here. We're about 45 games through the NBA season, a little more than halfway, about 56% of the way through, you know, or 55% through their season, things like that, right? So you, there's things that can be attributed to like, okay, this is a real team now. And one of those is the Sacramento Kings pushing for the playoffs. They made the playoffs eight straight seasons from 98 to 2006. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a little bit of a drought, about 16 years to be precise, uh, that they have not made the playoffs. So, and we're calling playoffs, not play in, right? So if they make the play in, yeah. don't make the playoffs, that doesn't count. Uh, you know, but I'm going to say they're going to be a top six seed, meaning they're just, they're not going to be in the play in. This is it. This is the year top six seed. They're a top three seed right now. However, I, you know, it's treacherous. I mean, they got the Warriors behind them. You got, you got a lot of teams kind of, just, you got the Mavs right there. So I'm not sure they'll be able to hold on to that three seed, uh, you know, but that's, this is, this is awesome. You gotta be so excited. Uh, Ezra, you were recently in Sacramento. Did yes. You feel I spent the entire last week in Sacramento and, uh, I mean, the news was just constantly pumping. This is the year. This is the year, which means they're probably the rug's probably going to get yanked out from underneath you and it's going to turn into a total disaster. But having spent a lot of time in the Sacramento area, that that whole area is pumped right now. It's kind of a little they bit deserve of a, it, man. They're a good fan base. I, yeah, I, I mean, the Kings. And, and it is the longest NBA playoff drought. It's right? so hard to go 16. Just, just a reminder, they in take that league. Uh, eight, they take eight teams and he's I'm like, they let the whole league into the playoffs. Like, how do you not make <laughs> just it? A reminder, just a reminder. Just a reminder. Just a reminder. It's been 16. Plenty years. of teams make it. Yeah. <laughs> oh plenty my gosh. of teams. And they, it's not yeah. like they've been tanking. They try every season. Like they're constantly yeah. making win now. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like new ownership, new direction. And I, I like that one. That, that's it. You actually called this one out in one of our previous pods on a, on a crystal ball, like way, way back. I, I want to say beginning of NBA season. You're like, should we watch out for Sacramento? You know, yeah, I, I think you called the odds out. On Mary looks good. Playoffs. It was like 45 to one or something. So, I mean. <laughs> so, well, if I did, cool. I don't remember that. It's possible. <laughs> I, re I remember that. Well, I'll, I'll scroll back and find it. You I'm always it. hoping the Kings make the, do the right thing. though. I want to see success for that team. So Sacramento, help me out here. I've never been to the capital of California, Sacramento. Um, how does it compare to another uh, sleepy one-horse town like uh, Oklahoma City, for example? Oh, no, Oklahoma City's bigger. I would say you're talking more Tulsa. Really? Okay. That surprises <laughs> me because Oklahoma City is barely a city. Yeah, you're talking Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you could drive through Sacramento with no traffic in about six and a half minutes. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this this well, is a little bit like, are, are there good food options in Sacramento? Um, yeah. No, there's some. Like, does it have there. some things going for it? You know, you know yeah, no, it, it's, oh. it's, that's why I would, I would kind of equate it with a Tulsa. It's kind it's of like getting a, Memphis, a little. Like a Memphis vibe? Yeah, no. Not Memphis like is Memphis. way bigger than that. Yeah. Bigger, It'd okay. be more Tulsa or Austin circa like. 30 years ago 
Yeah, 2005, maybe. Austin. But before that. Yeah. 75, maybe. Yeah. Austin's yeah. a whole different animal these days. Yeah, I know. Austin's All right, so, so we got, I, you know, I just want to see this happen. The Kings yeah. have diehard fans. You know, I'll just go. You'll be hanging well, there, out. You there's know, also it, nothing else in Sacramento. There you'll is be hanging no out in Austin. Sport. Yeah. You'll be hanging in Austin. You'll see guys in Kings jerseys. And you're yeah. like, you're in Texas wearing a Kings jersey, man. That's cool. Like, yeah. that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> basketball season right now. Like, I, I appreciate <laughs> you, man. That's cool. Yeah, because it, it's it's literally a one sport city. It's like Winnipeg. You know, you have you have one sport. You buy in for that season and you go hard. And that's that's about it. So all right. So now I want to I, I want to I want to see a Kings game. This has got to happen. Yeah, Mavs Kings. Curtis is Have they played yet? Mavs Kings. Schedule. He's looking up the schedule. Going, hold on, sir. I got, I got some. I got some flights. I got some. The Sabonis in person. Oh, you want to yeah, go Sacramento? Let's do this. Let's oh, do this. Okay. Live, oh, you're gonna go. Yeah, you're gonna Sacramento. go to Sacramento. All right. Okay. Oh yeah, Sat to Sacramento. I gotta see. Okay, what's that, the what's the uh, arena called there? Uh, the Golden One Credit Union. The gold. Hey, I am not gonna go to my grave without having been to the Golden One Credit Union arena <laughs> all right Curtis hit us with your crystal ball all right hear me out on this one <laughs> Shannon Sharp versus Logan Paul in a celebrity boxing match Shannon Sharp was at a game a Laker game and he had to he had to come to uh Mr. Uh, LeBron James's defense uh because I think Dylan Brooks was being mean to him so Shannon starts starts yelling at Dylan Brooks then John ja Morant, who's a really edgy cat, but not very big, not not Shannon Sharp big, right? He starts screaming at Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp looks at him and goes, "You don't want none of this, player. You're you're, you're way too small for me." Then John ja Morant's dad gets involved, and Shannon Sharp is wearing grandma glasses and a like an Afghan or like a something definitely something an old woman knitted for him. He is wearing a a blanket or a quilt yeah it was a but, but as a as a shirt yeah. right so he's got his yeah. glasses and he's it's like got a jacket his, blanket yeah. he's it's got his jacket. glasses at the edge of his nose where he's like looking down real uh you know uh condescending uh while he's wearing a uh, a knitted uh, uh quilt and he is threatening everyone in the arena and he's looking very swole by the way Shannon Sharp is a bad mfer he is still gigantic he is still scary looking. He clearly still goes to the gym. I think Logan Paul saw that. And I think Logan Paul likes money. And I know Shannon Sharp likes money. And their agents are talking right now. And they're going to box each other. And this is going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. Shannon Sharp, 54 years of age. Am I reading? Looks yeah, fantastic. 54 is like feisty is, as anything. He is old enough to be Logan Paul's father by a mile. I would, that might be a, maybe Jake Paul you could talk me into. Shannon Sharp, 6'2", 228. Is there any kind of weight differential that we need to be worried about here in this uh, celebrity? Maybe, maybe, maybe Mike Tyson. Uh, How old's Mike these days? Irregardless, Shannon Sharp's got some tough cred on the streets. Open gym with no ring barriers with Mike Tyson. My my favorite (laughs) thing about that uh, Grizzlies clip was Stephen Adams being like, "Waited a second, then he came." Yeah, he's like, "Hey, hey, all right, all right, this is still going on. Do I just need to end this right now? Like, I am bigger than you, Shannon Sharp. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's the one guy that gets. He's the one guy. He's like pats him on his little head. Like, you don't want to smoke. I promise you. He saunters over. He's like, "Are we still talking about this?" I am six foot ten, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. I will simply pick you up. And I'm from New Zealand. 
And that's our show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. And until we speak again, stay jinxed. Stay tuned next week when we power rank Saturday morning cartoons from the early 90s.